Hello, and welcome to the EKU School of Business 5Q series. I'm Mike Hawksley, and I'll be your host for today. In this 5Q podcast series, we have a chance to get to know our colleagues, our students, our graduates, and all of our friends of EKU Business. We have a chance to hear from people who believe in EKU, from people who have a dream and find a way to realize that dream, and to hear from seasoned business professionals. And with this opportunity, we want to engage our students and our future students and all of our stakeholders to give some insight on what goes on behind the scenes inside the School of Business. We want these interviews to act as an oral history, describing what went on in years past, what we're working on today, and what we hope for the future. But first, this podcast is brought to you by the Eastern Kentucky University School of Business, housed in the beautiful Business and Technology Center on EKU's main Richmond campus, the EKU School of Business, graduating the most coveted business students in the region. Our undergraduate and graduate degree programs have produced global leaders and innovators. Are you the next great business leader? It's a great day to be a colonel, a business colonel. Thanks, Allison. It is indeed a good day to be a colonel. And now, before we start, a salute to those that serve in the past, present, and future. Colonel's orders. Fire the cannon. And now, let's get on with our five cues. Today, we're getting to know one of our graduates of the School of Business. We're here today with Dale Morgan. Hi, Dale. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Doing well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Dale graduated in 2009 with a Bachelor's Business Administration major in accounting. Thanks for being with us today, Dale. Uh, we'd like to get to know you a little better, and to that end, I'd like to ask you five questions. Sure. First, where has your career taken you since you graduated from Eastern? Well, Mike, my career has taken me since I've graduated from Eastern. Is it initially when I when I did graduate from Eastern Kentucky, I got a, an accounting role at Purdue University, which was my first accounting job. And one of the things that I would say that I was it was kind of a I would say a culture shock for me because prior to that, all of the jobs that I had were manual labor jobs. Um, it, but upon getting my degree from EKU, I was able to get an office job and get a, a a more professional job. So there was some adjustment with that uh, going in from the in work environments that I was previously in to the new, this new work environment. But my time at EKU prepared me well for that, for that task. So the uh, uh, following my work at EKU, I, I uh, had an opportunity to work in manufacturing. I worked at GT Sylvania in Winchester mm-hmm. in the IT department, a little bit of work in IT uh, with GT Sylvania glass plant out of her sales. And uh, I had some time working with um, Bendix Heavy Vehicle Systems Group in Frankfurt. So I'm, I'm familiar with manufacturing. It's, <laughs> right, it's right. A, a different kind of an environment. It's noisy. It's yeah. dirty. It's busy. It's, On the floor. It's high action. Greasy. <laughs> can be very cold sometimes. <laughs> right. It can be very hot, hot sometimes. Hot. But, um, yeah, definitely it's it's uh, an interesting uh, perspective to to see on what's going on and from an accounting standpoint, cost accounting and and marginal benefits and marginal right, cost right. and uh, so a lot going on there. And I would also say too, Mike, that that transition was something that I that I didn't I didn't know about, but I was prepared for because it was I didn't I didn't I didn't know about the difference in you know from going in and punching the time clock and going to the production floor every day as opposed to 
walking in the office and logging into your computer and starting your work day. So it was kind of a c- culture shock. Kind of a different was, deal. Yeah, it was a different deal, but it was very welcome, I can tell you that. Yeah. Uh, well, Dale, tell us about one professor, one class, or one event that stands out in your mind from your time here at EKU as memorable. I would tell you, I, I there's several professors that uh, that I really took a affinity for, but one that sticks out most to me is Dr. Maurice Reed. He was a professor of management, um, African American man as well, and he really helped me within the class, within my management classes, and getting to learning the material, and not just learning the material, material, but understanding the material, understanding the different scenarios in which material can be learned and, and understood. Because a lot of times in college, I was just studying to memorize stuff, but Dr. Reed challenged me to un- actually understand the material that I was learning and the concepts and to be able to apply them. So those are one of the, he's one of the, I would say the most memorable and most um, influential professor I had here in my time at EKU. Very good. Our next question, how well did EKU prepare you for your career? EKU prepared me very well for my career, as I stated earlier. Uh, when I went from working in that manufacturing environment to actually an office office setting, it was it was through my time here at EKU that actually prepared me for what I would, didn't know that I was going to walk into, or that what that change would be. And one of the things that I give EKU kudos to is during this time, like when you work in an office environment, you need to be uh, uh, versed in. Uh, Microsoft Office, Excel, Outlook, and those kind of things. And I took an Excel, I took a Microsoft Office class here, and it taught us about Excel. I think it's, what's the um, the other? Access database. Access database. I took those classes. And while I was taking those classes, I didn't realize how important those classes was going to be when for me I, when I actually got out into the work field. Because when I started, the first day I started my job, my manager uh, emailed me a bunch of spreadsheets and wanted me to analyze them. Well, if I didn't know anything about I don't know if people out there listening can understand the struggle it is for somebody if you don't have the knowledge of how to work with Excel. It can be very intimidating. But I leaned back on my time at EKU and that, that Microsoft Office classes that I took, that, which, which laid the foundation for me to excel in my job. So that's, that's one of the classes that I teach here at EKU. And, okay. <laughs> and I want everybody that's listening out there to know that the, the teachers of these courses, um, me personally, when I, when I teach Excel, yes. I hammer very hard auditing. Yes. The, uh, yeah. Making sure that those formulas are accurate and correct, right. make sure the data that they're putting in is accurate and correct. So we're doing the best we can to, right. to put the tools in the toolbox so the students are going to get out there and, and really be ready to do the things that their bosses are asking of them. So and I'm glad you brought that up. That's a, <laughs> that's a great and one. That was real for me because, you know, when I got in there and he's asking me about V lookups and if sums and stuff like that, you know, I, I had that base. I could go. And what I didn't know, I could go. I still I kept my books. Another thing is I do that I did for my time here at EKU is I, I didn't sell my books back. I kept all my books from every one of my classes. And when I needed to f- try to figure out something, like I said, my boss on the job, he was asking me about some V lookups. I referred to my book. It, for what I didn't remember. So definitely that was one of the main things that I took from EKU. That's it. That's it. Good answer. Thanks. All right. So this one, question number four, a little bit different, but imagine you're walking down a beach and stumble over a lamp. You rub that lamp and magically receive one wish for EKU. What would that wish be? My one wish for EKU would be for EKU to continue being open and diverse campus open to all ethnicities and minorities and people of color and just open them with welcome arms and and continue to understand that 
you know, we are having we have a diverse world and it's a diverse workforce and these diverse people are going to be in demand. And if, during my time at EKU, I always felt like I belonged. The professors, I can say again, Dr. Maurice Reed, Dr. Richard Fern, Dr. Richard Chin, and Dr. Oliver Feltis, those guys helped me no matter how many times I came and knocked on their door, if, if I didn't understand the concept, we'll we figure it out. And they wouldn't let me leave out of their office until I, I knew what I was doing and I understood the concept. So those are one of the things that I, I hope and wish can EKU, the faculty EKU, continue to do for the students. That's great. Great. And EKU strives to bring that diversity to the forefront, and we need to make opportunities happen. Right. And Eastern, I think, as a school of opportunity, is poised to help do that. Yes, and I can see that. I can see it as well. Question number five, if you give an incoming freshman advice about living and learning here at EKU, what would that advice be? My advice when I think about when I was uh, that age of an incoming freshman, my advice is just to come in and, and take your school seriously, take your schoolwork seriously, your lessons. But understand, you, understand you're going to have fun, and you, as you should. But understand you're here to learn, and learning should be first. And you can incorporate all of those other activities into learning. But just focus on what you're supposed to be doing. Try not to get caught up in peer pressure, uh, negative peer pressure with that being said. And just focus on what you came here to do and just always set out to achieve your goals. And just remember, I look at it like this, uh, Mike. When you do 12 years, when I, when I think back on it, I say, you know, okay, I did K through 12. I got that out of the way, completed that. Just think of when you when you graduate high school in 12th grade, just think on average, all I have to do is go do four more years of college. And then if you if you look at it in chunks, it, it really it really simplifies things for you. It, if you can do 12, you can do four, you know, if you look at it like that. And one of the things that, uh, I, as I stated earlier, that I was really happy about the way the EKU made the application process for me and the advising process and registering for my classes was that my advisor on his board he mapped out each semester, and we wrote out every class that I would take for that semester. And at the time, I didn't understand what he was doing, but I quickly understood what he was doing because after that first semester, when I was marking out those four classes, there was four classes down. And after the second semester, that spring semester, I marked out those four classes. That was four classes down. I began to see in my progress, which in, in turn motivated me more to study even more and to hey, go ahead, hey, let's go ahead and knock this thing out. That, that's a great message. That's a powerful yeah. message that, yeah. that students could easily feel overwhelmed yes, to the task yes, yes. and break it down. Uh, yeah, break it down for them, let them see their progress, let them see the progress and how, how much further they have to go. And I, that really worked for me. Well, Dale, thanks for being here. We appreciate you speaking with us today and taking time with us. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for having me. So you think it's over, but uh, <laughs> we have an opportunity for extra cues. Adrian, come on over here and join us. Adrian's <laughs> Dale's girlfriend. His headphones right here. All right, Adrian. So we're back. We're back in extra cues, and we just want to round out our conversation with Dale today. And Adrian knows Dale better than anybody here in the room. So <laughs> tell us what gets a what what gets Dale up in the morning. What tell us about what motivates Dale, and and what's a day like with Dale? <laughs> <laughs> a day with Dale is full of unexpected excitement. He's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. People don't know that Dale. He's always on his feet. He has so much energy, and He's, he's constantly on the go, but he's about his business. And I like that he's down, he can be down to earth and still be about his business. And he finds time after work to, to work in the community. He does. Yeah. He's always involved. That's, in that's the very community. important to me. That's a, that's a great message to, to let our audience know that uh, work is one thing, play is another, and 
and finding time to give back. Right. And I tell you too, Mike, to add to that point is the feeling you get when you look in an individual's face, knowing that you helped them some kind of way, whether it's financially, whether it's just dropping knowledge on them, just telling them something that they may have never known before. And it just, an individual seeing you, I can tell you, I was at a speaking event one time and a young, and I noticed a young man, he couldn't, he didn't take his eyes off me. Every time I looked at him, he was looking at me. So, but he probably thought I was looking at him, <laughs> but every time I looked back, he was looking at me. So after, after this, after this event, he walked up to me and he introduced himself and I told him who I was and he proceeded to ask me if I was a lawyer. And I said, no, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm an accountant. But I said, well, why'd you ask me if I was a lawyer? He said, well, you, you look like you could be a lawyer. It's kind of what he said. And it really made me happy. It really brought a smile and a warming to my heart because he said, when I look at you, I get, I, I want people to look at me as, in the way I looked at you in a positive manner. And when he said that to me, it really struck home with me that about representation matters about how people see you. And, and, and particularly in, in the minority community, these kids and these youngsters need to see people that look like them in prominent roles. So it really is really heartwarming. It really means a lot. Yeah, the the, uh, the opportunity to make an impression on someone happens in the first 10 seconds. Right, right. So as you're putting off a professional appearance and yes. the person perceives you that way, then everything you say past that point, they're hearing in a different a different light. Right, right. That's good. That's very good. So you mentioned earlier uh, some of your EKU professors, and everyone that you mentioned are are familiar to me, mm-hmm. and I had the luxury of working as colleagues with many of them, and one in particular, Richard Chen. <laughs> yes. Dr. Chen Dr. was Chen. was my accounting professor okay. uh, in the MBA program, uh-huh. and what I appreciated about Dr. Chen, I very much appreciated that he made his content extremely relatable. Yes, yes, that's what I was going to say. I can think of all the lectures we had, and he was going over the course content. He always related to, to something that was going on today, or maybe even in his life. Yeah. He always did that. So, yeah. so it was managerial accounting, and and up to that point, all the accounting classes that I had had <laughs> were were basically uh, background. Right, right. And and it didn't really sink in, and didn't really make sense. You know, I was I was learning the material passing the test, but yes, you yes. know, how does this piece fit in the bigger puzzle? Right. And it was Richard Chen with managerial accounting that, that really made every tied a bow on it. I yeah. mean, it just yep. made it all start to make sense. Why we go to all the trouble to do all that other stuff. Right. So we can do this stuff. That's again, understand not, uh, that's not just, not just learning the material, but understanding this concept that's as well. It. And that's one of the things I got from me, KU. That's it. it. Make sure I understood the concepts. Uh, you mentioned Dr. Oliver Feltus. He's recently retired as a department chair and accounting professor. Uh, he's still coming back. I think he's still going to teach some adjunct classes for us. Okay. Uh, so we'll still see Dr. Feltus around a little bit. Uh, Dr. Fern retired a couple years ago. I see him every now and then. He beat me up with that tax class. <laughs> those tax classes gave me, gave, gave, gave me a time. It turns out. Taxes are one of those things you have to know. Right, yeah. You're yeah. not getting around them. Yeah, yeah. So the, uh, yeah, we had a lot of great accounting professors and, and continue to have some of the, some really great professors all the way across the board. Uh, our, our dean, to his credit, has assembled quite a cast of, of faculty yes. that supports our business program. And, and I think our business faculty really care about our students. And, yes. and Adrian, you can speak to that. Have you had a, a professor in your life that you know really cared and and how does that impact you as a student? Um, I did have a professor that really took the time to instill some knowledge. I looked at other professors, and they didn't take the time to like point out what qualities and attributes that I may have possessed. And mm-hmm. I had one that really did that for me. It helps, doesn't yeah. it? Having that connection. 
from one standpoint, you see education as an assembly line and, and students just passing by, passing right. by, right. passing by. Yes. And it's sometimes hard for faculty to make a connection. We want to and we try to, but we don't always succeed with every student. So when we're able to make that connection and, and establish that relationship, it, it means so much to the student. Right. Guess what? It means a lot to the faculty, too. So it, it's it's a two-way street. And also, it, it does something to your to your mindset as well. You know, one of the things, that, and then another thing that I give those guys, those professors, kudos to is that anytime I went to their office and I had a question, they never got frustrated with me because I wasn't understanding the concept. If they, even if they had to explain it to me five or six times, it was just, okay, well, let's start over. Yep. You know, but they, it was never, I've been in situations before where it was like the professor was getting frustrated because they, because I wasn't grasping the concept, but I never got that at EKU. Yep. That's awesome. So I, I know uh, here at Eastern, we have a lot of students that participate in athletics. Mm-hmm. And tell me about your athletic career and, and how that impacted your education. And then how did participating in team sports prepare you for your career? I would say that every person needs to participate in some forms of organized athletic. Mike, I played coming up in from my junior high. I played football, basketball. I ran track. And one thing, the, 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 most, the most fun I ever had in my life was with my high school football team. We didn't win a lot, but we had lots of fun. But just the camaraderie with those guys and just watching each other's back and just helping each other and just that feeling of, of oneness is something that I would cherish for my whole life. But also it just gave me, when we talked about diversity, it is, it's a platform to build diversity and the understanding of diversity in terms of, because on, on those teams you have different players from different backgrounds and just understanding people. Because a lot of times when I first went to the University of Louisville, I was, I was in class with an individual that had never met an African-American a day in his life. I was the first African-American that he had ever met. And what he knew of African-Americans was what he saw on TV and what they told him in the news. In some instances, those are not good. So I totally changed his perspective on what he had of African-Americans. So I would say just a team sports and stuff like that, I think it's, it's good for diversity, understanding, and acceptance. Excellent. Well, anything else you want to add to our conversation? I just want to say thank you to Dean Erickson for having me here today. We've been doing a lot of communication back and forth here, and, and I'm, I'm happy to be back here at EKU today. And walking through these halls, I, 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 had, I had a couple of flashbacks about their cramming for finals for that, <laughs> for them cost, for that cost accounting with Dr. Feltus and for that management with Dr. Reed. Uh, but it was there was good memories when I think about it only because I you know I prepared myself and the professors prepared me as well, and I just had a good time here and I'm thankful for being back and I'm thankful for the the course that my life has taken. As I stated earlier, a lot of times we want things to happen when we want them to happen, but sometimes things happen when they're supposed to happen. So I want to say th- uh, again thanks to again to Dean Erickson, to you Mike, and the College of Business and Technology. Thank you for that, and we appreciate so much you're taking the time. Our students today need role models. And we really need to find the best and brightest of our graduates and put them forefront and let our current students see and aspire mm-hmm. to something great. And I think you've achieved tremendous amounts in your life. Look thank you, forward Mike. to you going so much further. I hope to and come back one day. Adrian, thank you so much for coming today and bringing Dale with you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Take care. Have a good day. You as well.